You know, many combat veterans and first responders struggle with post-traumatic stress, and we both have been there ourselves. However, our worst traumatic experiences were childhood and civilian lives. If you suffer from anxiety, depression, or emotional distress, you're not alone. And many of us are jammed up emotionally on some level, and all we want to do is set you free. Thank you for joining us on the Anxiety Guys podcast, where we are leading the emotional revolution. Join us and discover how you can feel the heal. Welcome back to the Anxiety Guys podcast. We're coming to you from the Mental Margaritaville studio, the new Mental Margaritaville studio. And uh, today, Dan and I got a cool topic to talk about. It's something that we go into a lot with uh, potential new clients or people that are kind of asking us or trying to navigate if they are a good fit or um, if we're trying to navigate if if the person that we're going to work with is the right fit or in the right space to jump on board. So Dan, why don't you lead us into that conversation? So today's topic of uh, conversation is going to be cause and effect. We'll go into deep details of what causes, being at cause means and what being at effect means. And we're also going to talk about the reticular activating system, or we're just going to call it RAS for short, and how that affects our day-to-day functions. So a little bit when we, when we talk with clients and we're looking at you know, bringing them on as new clients, we try to figure out in the very beginning if they're at cause or if they're at effect. A simple way to explain cause and effect is if you're at cause, you get results and you're responsible, which means you're responsible for all your actions. If you're at effect, it's the other side of the coin. You're always giving reasons as to why you are the way you are. You are kind of in that victim mindset. You give excuses for everything and you are without power at effect. If you're at effect, that means the world is against you and there's nothing you can do about it. So if somebody's at effect, we can still work with them, but there's some things that we're going to end up having to do to try to get them to the cause part of the relationship, because that's really what you want to be in your day-to-day life is you want to be at cause for everything that you do and everything that happens around you. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a victim. It just means you are in charge of your own future. I think that was very important what you just said, that it's not that you can't be a victim. You can have tough stuff happen in your life and have been put in a situation where I guess we'd call you a victim but you're taking control, you're taking the power. And as you were talking about that, that literally just popped a, it's funny how we'll tell stories and a person or a situation will pop to mind. And I'm thinking about one of my good friends, his daughter, we initially tried to engage with a few years ago and she was completely at effect, right? So we couldn't, we, we did a little bit of work. I think I disconnected a trauma, uh, but it was really this woe is me. Everybody else is the problem. And it, it was it was sad to see because mom and dad are struggling. They're trying to help their their adult child, like you know, kids getting ready to go into adulthood and career and all that. And I hadn't seen her talk to her in a couple of years. I got to get I, I got back together with this friend, and he had asked me, "Hey, you want to get together with my daughter? We'll do dinner." She showed up and looked like a different person. And I was so impressed. I'm like, wow. So we start talking and I'm like, so what happened? You know, tell tell me where you're at. What's going on? And she had successfully gotten out of mom and dad's house, had kind of launched herself and gotten to a point where her career was going. She was no longer smoking pot and really had just got her, like pulled herself up by her bootstraps, I guess is kind of a term that I've heard used and I probably used from our military days. But I was so impressed just watching this young lady talk to me. And I'm like, so what happened? 
She goes, Nick, I just had a day where I was like, you know what? You're the only one that can change your circumstances. And this is stupid. And this is bullshit. And it's time. It's time. And it was like, it was, she said it was literally like this one moment, one day where she decided exactly what you're saying without knowing what we're talking about to stop being the victim. So we have this great conversation. We're sitting at dinner. We're at a, at a golf course restaurant, right? And I never got to do all the work with her. And I'm like, she needs some EMP. And I just said to her, I was like, let's just, you want to disconnect the other stuff? And because there was still depression there. She still had depression, sadness. I ran her through the processes while sitting there. It took about 30 to 45 minutes. Tears, like tears of joy because she could feel the release of all the sadness, all the trauma. And why I'm so impressed by her is that before we even did the work, she had been at effect, she got herself to cause, and then whammo, we knocked it all out. She slept like a freight train and she's like, I haven't felt this happy in my whole life. So I, I was so proud of her. I'm not going to call her out because I haven't asked her if I can use her information on here. But to watch that young lady grow so much, it was so impressive. And I think that speaks to what you brought up initially is how we want to help people figure out where are they at. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but how do we get you where you need to be? Yeah, the, uh, the crazy thing is when we do work with the clients, and one of the things that I always say, um, and this was a, a Richard Bandler statement, the, one of the founders of NLP, he said, you're driving the bus, we're just holding the map, right? I don't use the term bus because nobody really drives buses anymore. So <laughs> you're driving the car. Once in a while. Oh, bus right. you're, you're driving the car, we're just holding a map. So we're basically showing their brain a roadmap to heal. And that's control, it's power. You know, you're giving them the control because in the processes, you know, when you're talking about EMP, the emotions management, you know, that sometimes is a negotiation with people. And that's where people who are out of effect have problems. Yep because they don't know how to reframe things because they're reframing them as a victim and you need to get them to reframe them as a victor, right? They're, they're, they're winning the fight. Right. And then that'll gives a whole different perspective, you know, and I'm going to give people an example of what cause and effect would look like with two scenarios. And I'm going to use the combat vet with PTSD. You can ask one veteran, why do you have PTSD? And they'll say, because my country sent me to war and then they forgot about me. Ooh. That's at effect. Oh. Right. And then you ask the other combat veteran who's got PTSD. Why do you have PTSD? Because I got to go to war and do some really cool shit. That's why, you know, they, they own it. They accept it, you know, and, and the, the fact, look at today's culture, right? We embrace victims like it's going out of style. We do. Right. We, we encourage victims. We embrace them, you know, Which, think about not to get too much into politics, but you have people who have maybe certain ethnic backgrounds and they're being taught that they can't do things because a specific group is trying to hold them down. We're creating that victim, right? And there was, there was actually a study done where um, they sent these five people out to do job interviews and they, they put makeup on them. They showed that they had this big scar on their face. So they knew going into those interviews that they were going to have that scar on their face. And then right before they went, sent them into the interview, they said, hold on, let's touch up the, that scar just a little bit more. And then they did some more work on their face. And what they did was they removed that scar, but the people didn't know, right? And then they went in to do the job interviews. And when they came out of it, they felt like the job interview went horrible. They were being judged. Uh, there's no way they're going to get this job. Wow. And they, and they didn't realize 
that perception of that scar, like that disfigurement is why they felt they, that the job interview went sideways to the point where they even felt like they were being judged because of that scar and the scar was not there. Wow. That's, that's the victim mindset. That's what happens when you put those labels on people because labels are extremely powerful. You know, I would never want anybody to tell my child they couldn't do something because of the color of their skin. Well, we strip the power from them. Like what you're saying is you essentially, whether it's you're a millennial, right? And people are like, oh, you're just a young kid or you don't have any experience. You can't do this. You're the victim. I don't care what it is that, and you know, you and I've talked about that a lot. That's where my parents, my mom and dad were so incredible because they always told me, you can do anything you put your mind to. I was four foot 10 and weighed 80 pounds when I went into high school. I'll say that again, four foot 10 and weighed 80 pounds. I was a third grader going into high school. My life sucked, but in my mind, because of my mom and my dad, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get bullied and pushed around, but you guys watch. Someday I'll get there. And because I had this inner belief that I, I was at cause. I, I have control of my destiny. And I, to this day, it's one of the things I thank my parents the most for. They didn't make me a victim. Oh, Nick's tiny. He's small. You know what? Nick hit puberty eventually. I think I was like 27 when I hit puberty. But <laughs> I finally grow up, grew up, you know, and had they made me the victim, I can't imagine how much different my life would have been right now. Well, and I'll speak to it from the flip side because I did not grow up at cause. I, I grew up at effect. And, you know, I was basically taught from a little a little child this is how life is. This is what you must do. You know, go to college, get a job, get a pension, right? So my whole life was designed around that. And that's exactly what it is. Every time I would want to do something, my dad would be like, that's the dumbest thing you could ever do. And then guess what? The person of authority in your life made a statement like that with an emotional attachment and you didn't do that. You know, that's why it's words are very powerful, especially coming from a parent or a teacher, or a coach, or a leader in an organization, because you can create those ad effect uh, people, you know. And then you add something else into the equation, trauma or whatever, and then you become the victim. Yep. And you're like, my life turned out this way because this happened to me. I'm, you make those excuses. So I was on that side of the equation. And when I first learned about the cause and effect relationship, it was really like, I can do that. I can take back control. Yeah. And it was just like like a light bulb go, goes off. And it's a process. It may not happen overnight. We've done a lot of work, so Hold we've on. learned more. And I got to jump in on you because this I, I can't that <laughs> my brain is going right now. You've teed up a couple of good things. You said you had that moment. It's a process. It's not immediate. And folks, earlier when Dan was talking about this and he's like, we're, you know, you're driving the bus. We're just holding the map. I wish I had a marker right now and could show you my hand and like think of a Scooby-Doo episode and Dan's map. So if I had Dan's map out for you, it'd look like an, a, a treasure hunt from a cartoon. <laughs> the bus and the map that we've been driving for this guy, I think we've crisscrossed about 17 different countries, maybe a couple continents. And it's been this wild ride of digging out emotions and layers and it's it's been if it was if we were on a sailboat sailing around the world it'd be one hell of a trip and a navigation but the thing that's allowed us to successfully navigate that trip is what you just said you're at cause and us being able to have that conversation and work with people that have been on both sides of that fence it's helped give us the ability to heal people so much quicker because we build that rapport we help them guide them and it's not a judgment right mm-hmm. you come to us and we say you're an effect that's not a, you suck, you're horrible, you're an effect. 
it's just you don't even realize where you're at. Because when you're in it, right, it's just like a relationship. You're in a bad relationship. All your friends can be like, why are you with that person, right? Or maybe you're acting a certain way and everybody's like, why do they act like this? And you don't even realize it until somebody points it out. So our goal is not to judge you or point a finger at you. It's to help guide you so we can go around that map and find the treasure at the end of it, which is setting you free so you can be emotionally present and neutral and have the best relationships possible. Sorry, I had to throw in the Scooby-Doo thing. And I, all I could picture was you as Shaggy and me as like, you are Raggy. So for it. <laughs> No, it's 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 all good, man. The um the, the the reality is the majority of people are at, are at effect. If you really get down to the to the bare bones, you ask somebody about something, they're always going to give you excuses. Right? This happened. That happened. I was raised this way. I was raised that way. Um, that's effect. Right? Very. I would say maybe maybe twenty thirty percent of the population is probably at cause. But the moment you become at cause and you drop the victim, you take full control and full responsibility and you get the results that you're looking for. You know, one of the things that we, we ask people, what are your expectations? If they don't have a really good answer for their expectations, they're probably out of effect. If they say, I want to heal, I don't want a PTSD anymore, I want to sleep, I want my anxiety gone, I want my depression gone, that's a person that's at cause. And they're going to get the results that they're looking for. Um, specifically with the emotions work. Trauma work is easy because they, as long as they do the visuals as you request them, the brain does it for them. They can't stop it. That's the really cool part. So even if we get a client who's at, at effect, we can move that needle to cause by the time they get to the emotions work. And we're going to go into the next segment of this. And we're going to talk about something called the reticular activating system. The RAS. Uh Oh, the RAS Uh for sure. <laughs> right? So there's a lot of it, scientific data on the RAS. It's a system of the brain. It's a filter. And I'll, I'll give an example of what that filter is. It, it looks for things that are important and at risk, right? So I'm going to go back to my, my cop days. I'm sitting in a parking lot of a store and three in the morning, a, an alert tone goes off on the radio. Beep. And then they issue out a bolo, which is a be on the lookout for a red Ford Mustang involved in a carjacking. Well, let me back. Three o'clock is probably not a good 12 noon, right? Where traffic is everywhere, right? We'll use that one because there's not a lot of traffic at three. So there's traffic everywhere. That alert tone goes off and they give the bolo and the identity of the vehicle. And the next thing you know, there's a red Ford Mustang. That's got to be it. And then wait a minute, there's another red Ford Mustang. Holy cow. Where did all these red Ford Mustangs come from? All of a sudden that system turns on and the brain filters goes into action. It starts looking for red Ford Mustangs because it's at risk and it's important. And the next thing you know, you're looking at every single red Ford Mustang on the road. And now the, the hunt gets a little bit harder because now you got to sift through everything else. Right? So that's the RAS, which means your brain just filters. So say you're, you're a, a negative th- self-talk, right? Automatic negative thoughts we call ants, right? If you're negatively thinking and talking about yourself all day long, that's because the RAS is pegged to look for those moments that you can talk bad about yourself. And I'm not talking about like a self-deprecating like humor way. It's like, you know, kind of like Eeyore. Oh, man. What was me? What was me? What was me? Oh, this happened. This happened. I can't get ever, ever get ahead. And then the people around you, you start hearing them going, oh, poor so-and-so. They can't get to break. And I've heard so many times people say to me, Nick, you got a golden horseshoe up your ass. And I'm like, no, I don't. And, and it wasn't until we really got deep into this work that I realized that this is what it is. I, my RAS was always pegged for the positive. All right, how do we find a way around it? And I have those friends. You know, I have a friend, great person. He's awesome. Amazing dude. 
but it's always the Eeyore, the woe is me. I can't find my way out. What you think about, you bring about. That can be changed. I never used to think that could be changed. Now doing what we do and knowing what we know absolutely can be changed. So I'm going to give a shout out to an organization that we got plugged into through the nonprofit side was the the Pacific Institute. Absolutely. And they, they do a lot of really cool stuff on positive psychology and the RAS. They, they go in great depth on, on the RAS and how to change the RAS. And so for a client, if they were to come to us and we determine they're at effect, all right, the way to change your RAS is you've got to start focusing on those positive things. All right, let's say if you're a victim and all you're seeing is the negative, because the brain is literally looking for those moments throughout the day where the bad things happen that make you reinforce you're a victim. Well, guess what? You're missing all of the good things that, that show you that you're actually in control of yourself. Amen to that. So if you're looking for the bad, the brain thinks it's automatically defaulting to that and it needs to find that because it's important and it's risky, right? So what we do, and, and this is what the Pacific Institute was an exercise they had us do and that we actually use with clients is before you go to bed at night, I want you to look over your day and I want you to write down the three things where you actually took control of your day. And then you start looking for those moments. And then I've, I had the component, I read it when you wake up in the morning. So when then at, at night you have good information while you're drifting off to sleep. And in the morning you're reading that good information that happened the day before. And then over a couple of weeks doing this, your brain will then say, huh, I think it's important that I start looking for those points of control. And then the next thing you know, that RAS shifts and you're out of at cause. The effect is gone. You're looking for the good. Because the good, bad, and indifferent happen every single day. We just, what is a filter looking for? Best way to get your RAS to cause is turn off the news. <laughs> stop, watch, stop watching media. Yeah, well, it's all negative. It really is yeah. all negative. The people that I see that are like the most light and happy are people like, I don't watch the news. I don't think about it. I don't watch. It's programming to get you sucked into the negative. I've actually felt myself when I started getting more into social media or where there's news or political related stuff. You do that a lot for a couple of weeks. You literally feel your entire energy shift. And to kind of come back to the Pacific Institute, what an incredibly amazing group of people. Like that team, the first day I talked to them, like, I love these people. And we're not super tight with them. I'm not like, I wish I'm going to have more time to engage with all them, but I would consider them our partner that they don't even know they're our partner because we talk about them all the time. And I really appreciate what you just said and laid out for our listeners, because that's giving the people that are listening to this podcast a tool, something that they can do at home, don't need to call us, that, yeah, I might not get rid of your trauma, anxiety, and all these negative emotions, but it's going to start flipping that RAS, which is going to start improving your life. And then you start thinking about the positive and what you think about, you bring about. Well, because the RAS is going to bring you to positive moments. You're going to look for it. Like, just say, you know, the world sucks and you're, you're depressed because your brain's constantly looking for those depression points, Right. You start changing the RAS and you start to see the forest through the trees. If you're writing down before you go to bed the three best things that happened to you today, and maybe it's something as simple as you saw a cardinal land on your window. It was beautiful. Or you saw a sunset or, or you, you know, some random stranger just smiled at you and, and said you, your outfit looks awesome or amazing. You know, and your brain will then start looking for those moments because they're there, right? Because the day prior when the RAS was the other way, the cardinal still landed on the window the lady still complimented your outfit. You still saw that sunset, but you didn't think it was important enough to to retain. Right. right? So once you flip that Raz, it just changes everything. And that shifts your world into that, oh, there's actually good things out there. <laughs> All it is is this changing the patterns of behavior. 
Uh, you got to get out of that negative stuck mind state, you know, and that's what the whole goal of what we do with anxiety guys is to get people healthy, happy, right? enjoy life. You should enjoy life. Everybody deserves it. High performance, whether that's higher performing at home with your marriage and your children, or that's higher performing at work with your colleagues, your business, you become a, your performance of how you feel, how you act, how you interact exponentially improves. And it's, it's so rewarding when you and I work with folks where they come in and they're like, I don't even know where to start. Uh, I, I had a call with a uh, person that was re- referred to us by an, a client we've already worked with. And it's, I, we hear this often. I don't even, I, I don't really think I've had a lot of bad trauma. You know, I had a pretty good life. And she tells me this story about getting stuck in a car wash or going through a car wash and absolutely losing her marbles at five years old. I'm like, okay, well, I think of another person I know who her biggest trauma or earliest trauma was being seven years old at a rodeo and gets laughed at by the entire crowd. Folks, If and then just to add to that, I had a, a mom recently just asked me about her son and she had mentioned that, I said he's got trauma. Based on what she was telling me, I'm like, there's trauma in there. Well, what's his trauma? Well, what could it be? And I'm like, the fact that, don't even try to figure it out, right? Because sometimes things that are trauma are the most, what we think outwardly, the most crazy, ridiculous thing. A car wash, that's not a big deal. Well, to that five-year-old that saw these things spinning around, I was going to get eaten. The whole car is going to get eaten. Whatever it may be, the brain goes down that road. I know that's a little off topic with the RAS and and that stuff. But it's amazing what we can help people navigate through to become the best version of themselves because it's all there. They have all the power and all the tools. It's just a matter of helping them uh, navigate that bus around their map. Yeah. You know, they, um, the Pacific Institute also talks about something called a scotoma. We've talked about that before. It's not a scotoma. Uh, it's not a, yeah. But it, it, in other words, in layman's terms, it's a blind spot, yeah. right? Everybody's got blind spots and biases. Once you identify those blind spots, you can actually address them. And I worked with, he was a retired military officer. I won't tell you what branch he was in or identify him, but officers are very strategic in the way they're trained. You know, I'm very, I target, I, as an NCO, that one thing that's right in front of me, that's my goal. You know, one of my buddies says, Jarvis, you're like a knife fight in a phone booth, right? You just got that one thing, you're going for it, right? That's what we do as NCOs. Whereas the the leaders they're looking at all the pieces of the chessboard and we did all the work with him that we did all his emotions work. And then we did the last piece, which was his goal setting part. And so I took him out into the future 10 years where he wants to be in 10 years. Can you make that visual? Can you see yourself in 10 years where you want to be? And then they create that image and then you get them to feel those emotions. This is another tool for everybody. So pay attention. You feel those emotions, you make that image, you know, where you actually step out of it and you dissociate and you look at yourself where you are, want, where you want to be in 10 years. And then you do all of these things. And then when I got that picture locked, just the way he wanted it, I said, now reverse plan it. And it was a light bulb for that guy. He goes, ooh, I can do that. Because that's what he was trained to do in the military as an officer. Now all of a sudden he's reverse planning his success, right? And But that's a blind spot he had. He didn't see the fact that he could do that. Yep. And then when we, we lead them to that moment where, you know, that's the coaching piece. We get them to find the resources inside them and then boom, they exploit it. So yeah, that's funny super cool. when, uh, you know, I had to take you out into the future cause you wanted to see, you wanted to be good looking. So I'm like, go 10 years in the future, see yourself good looking. Next thing you know, Dan's wearing makeup. I'm like, what just happened right here? <laughs> in a way. No, I'm just kidding. Dan doesn't wear makeup or a wig, but yeah, it's, it's funny when you can actually get 
those folks, like the aha moment, right? And what you just explained is actually he got the power, right? Mm-hmm. He came, he became totally, not that he was at effect, but he became totally at cause for that specific thing. Wow, I do, I have the power, I can do that. And then boom, he's off to the races. It, it is so cool when you have those moments with folks. It's it's fun because you can see them light up and get excited. Yeah, it's, it goes back to what you think about, you bring about what you said earlier in the podcast. You know, what that gentleman did was he's now got that visual of the future of where he wants to be. He's there. He's created that. Now he's, he knows he can reverse plan it. But now that he's thinking about himself in the future, and when you see yourself in that third person, the creative part of that subconscious will then start creating the map to that end result. Right? And that's another part of the Pacific Institute where you you create that map to the end result and your brain will find the ways to do it, right? You know, you, you work in the finance world and we've talked about this before. You know, I'm like, I, I want this car, but I can't afford it. The moment you say, I can't afford it, the brain says, oh, I can't afford it, and it stops. Yeah, so stop right there. If you're listening to this right now, are you that person? We can't do that. Oh, we, we can't. And I'll give you an example. My, in my own household, I can't tell you how many times Sarah has been like, Nick, we, we, we can't do that and that. Or we can't do this. And I'm like, well, why can't we do both? Why can't we have a place here and a place there? Why can't we do this? That's how my brain works. Uh, and what happens is then I go hunting. How do, I, how do I make this work? Your brain opens up. And next thing you know, things come into your life. And you're like, that would have never happened because you shut down the opportunity. Like you could say there's no way that we could move south, right? Let's say you live in New England. And you're like, there's no way we can move south. And like the next week, somebody's talking about a new factory or a new company and you'd be the perfect fit and you completely dismiss the conversation because you're like, oh, there's no way I could live down there. But if your Raz is flipped and you're looking for how can I find a way to move south and you hear this person say, oh, I'm opening up a new company. I'm looking you're like, ooh, boom, I just heard that new company, new job, move south. And then the other person says, well, yeah, I'm selling a house down in South Carolina. And I, well, all of a sudden it all the pieces come together because you are your Raz is tuned into looking for that positive. When you get to that point, the abundance that comes into your life is incredible. It, it, it just is because you're ready to receive what is presented rather than shutting it down. I always love how you frame that, Dan, how you're like, your brain just stops. It stops it. it, it your brain is a, if you look at your brain as a supercomputer, which is what it is, there's trillions of neural net, what they call neural networks going back and forth synapses. Everything's firing and, and the brain is literally that filtered system. So I can't do this is at effect, right? I can't do this because your brain will automatically give reasons why they can't and give excuses and it takes your power away. The frame change just a little bit is how can I do this makes you responsible and then you're going to get the results you're looking for because the brain will then look for those ways to make it happen. Well, you know what? I could do a couple extra hours at work and then I could afford that that new car or I could, you know, tighten up my budget and shift money from this fund account to that car, whatever. Your brain will say there, there's ways to do that. And that's that's where you, you know, you're talking about hunting. You're hunting the good stuff at that point and you're hunting the ways to get the results that you're looking for. And everybody's got that capacity. Everybody on the planet has got that that capacity. This is all based in neuroscience. It's neuroplasticity. The brain can change. It's very malleable. And you can literally move yourself to action. You can go from that 
You can take that needle up from effect and you can move it to cause. It's just taking a little bit of work that you're going to have to invest in yourself, which you should, and then get yourself to, to cause. And then once you're at cause, the emotions work for us is easy, right? We're, we're in a tug of war with somebody who's at effect, right? They're giving every excuse and reason why they can't let that anger go. They're giving every excuse and reason why they have to be sad about that event when they were seven years old. The moment they're at cause, all those excuses are gone, and now they're looking for ways to be responsible in their own lives and get the results they're looking for. Yeah, so cause. you can if you you can listen to some of the tidbits that Dan and I are giving you, and then when you're at home or you're at work with your employees, if you're a CEO or you're a mom running the household, listen to the words that you hear the people around you saying. Key in on the, oh, can't do that. There's no way we can do that. Oh, it never happens for me. <clears throat> listen to that. Start listening to the language patterns that the people around you use. Because I guarantee you, if somebody that was completely out of fact knew what their life could feel and be like, if they were completely at cause, they'd switch like that. They just don't know that they're stuck in the ditch yet. Once they know, they're going to create a plan to get out of the ditch and they're cruising down the highway <clears throat> to their best life. So let's kind of recap some of the stuff that we went over, Dan, as far as what you said, Pacific Institute, all that. And maybe we can give some people resources. Is it PacificInstitute.com? Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's the Pacific Institute. So if they just Google the Pacific Institute, they'll come up. And they do classes all the time. It's You could get a group of people at work to, to get this gentleman, uh, Rick Brown. He's the, the gentleman that we work through. Rick is um, awesome. Such yeah, he's a great human being. Yeah, he's such he's so at cause and so positive that it's kind of uh, inspiring. So um, you can always reach out to Rick Brown at the Pacific Institute. We'll make sure his email is also in the show notes. They have a class you can go through it over a course of a, you know I think it was a few weeks. Uh, all in all, I think we did one hour, one and a half hours twice a week for like a month. Yeah, and guys, this, and then you're done. We live this right. Our employees, my employees on the financial planning at Hemlock Creek have gone through this. I've gone through it. Sarah's gone through it. 220 folks have gone through it. So it's, this isn't something we're just saying you should try. This is stuff we've already done ourselves. It's incredible. It, it's not to be dismissed. Yeah. And the cool part is they have a community. They meet every Friday and it's just part of their alumni and, and they've got people all over the world. They've been very well received in the corporate world. They've been very well. Militaries use them. Federal law enforcement's used them. And and it's just, it's just a way to shift your work culture. Very similar to the way we shift cultures, but ours are you know, we're shifting through emotions. They're they're shifting theirs through, you know, pegging the RAS to the positive and, and and into that positive psychology. So and there's just decades of research on on what they're doing. So great bunch of people, great organization. You'll learn a lot about yourself and a lot about how to, you know, establish goals and they deal with the affirmation piece where you you're you're reinforcing those positive things. So you know, specificinstitute.com. They're great people. Check them out. Let's get Rick Brown on one of our future shows. We'll talk to him. And get him oh, dude, that's a great idea. <laughs> Absolutely. Folks, we'll bring him on yep. and we'll dive deeper on that. So if any of you have any questions or things you'd like us to dive into, please throw them at us. We'll try to plan that somewhere here in the next month or two and have Rick on because you'll love him. And uh, I think I think a lot of people would really walk away from that podcast with a lot. And, and it's just so some of the tools are just so simple. You know, who doesn't have three minutes before they go to bed to write down in a journal? We've all got that time. We got, we got that, that minute to read it in the morning. You do that enough times and next thing you know, you're, you're in a whole different headspace. So let's recap cause and effect, yep. 
right? If you're out of effect, you're giving reasons, you're giving excuses, you're a victim, and you have no power. When you're at cause, you, ha- you get results and you're responsible. We want people to move to cause. The reticular activating system is a system of the brain that's a filter where it looks for those things that are at risk and important. And that RAS is very, very important to your day-to-day function. So immediately, first thing you should do is turn off your news because that's going to peg, that's got our national RAS pegged negative. And, and that's a, it's, it's a narrative that needs to be changed. It's very intentional. It's a very powerful way to control people. And, and that there's people that know exactly what they're doing by doing this. If it bleeds, it leads. That's the media's tagline. It's very negative. It allows them to get people emotional. And then it allows them to sell the advertisements that's between the, the segments. Yeah, and, but let's be very clear. We're not saying people that work in media are bad. That is not what we're saying. There's many amazing people. We need media. So the the, the interactions that we have, what we're talking about is getting into that 24-hour news cycle where it's the the negative from the higher-ups that are trying to bring you in. So I want to make sure we're not painting our folks because we have a lot of friends and colleagues and even people that we work with with our business that are in the media. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying the people in the media are bad. It's just the, the machine the 24-hour news cycle, regardless of which station you're watching. Well said. So cause and effect, Pacific Institute, we'll get Rick Brown on. We appreciate you guys listening. can't even tell you how much I love what we're doing, the people we're setting free. And if you have somebody that's struggling or you want to find out more about how you can engage with us, you can go right to anxietyguys.com. You can book a discovery call. You'll get 30 minutes with either Dan or I. If you get Dan, it doesn't have to be video, so you don't have to look at his face. <laughs> You can actually have a conversation with him. If you get me, we can do either or. But it's it's really just a an easygoing conversation. More to find out about you, find out about us, make sure it's a good fit, and go over different programs that we can offer and what we can do to set you and your family or your business free. If you are a veteran first responder, we don't want your money. So you go, there's a tab right at the top of our website that says veterans first responders. And if you are the spouse of a veteran first responder and or you have minor children, you click that tab, it will take you to 220.org and you will get healing at no cost to you and your family. That's what 220's mission is is to heal our heroes, their families, and to set you free. Dr. Pam Arnell is leading the charge as our executive director there. Dan and I are still actively involved and on the board at 220. So if you know somebody that's in that space, has worn the uniform, has served their country or community, and they're struggling or their spouse is struggling, if they're struggling, spouses or children, send them to 220.org and they can find them right through our website. Look forward to helping you. Yeah, my name is Dan Jarvis, and my email point of contact is dan at anxietyguys.com. And I'm Nick Davis. My email is nick at anxietyguys.com. We might be changing his to Hollywood at anxietyguys.com, but we haven't made that decision. There's no Hollywood in this redneck. I, I like to hunt and fish and get out in the woods too much, buddy. All right, folks, we'll see you on the next episode. Come join the emotional revolution. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope you've enjoyed stories of the mental margarita and hearing how others got to feel the heal. If you want to know more or work with us, you can head over to our website, anxietyguys.com. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us however you're listening to the podcast and leave us a review. That helps more people in need find the healing they deserve. We'll talk to you again in the next episode. Until next time, thank you for being a part of our tribe and joining the emotional revolution.